I'm Emma Louise Coffey and you're welcome to the Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. With costs of milk production rising in the region of 3.5 to 4 cent per litre, dairy specialist Pat Going joins us to discuss practical tips that dairy farmers can implement to reduce the burden of high costs and protect dairy farm incomes this year. When we looked at the cost control, um, the first thing we decided was to look back over the last number of years and see what has been the cost structure on Irish dairy farms. And for all these figures, we used the spring calving herds on the Chagasee Profit Monitor. So when we look back when the quotas went in 2015, the average cost of keeping a cow on a dairy farm was €1,115. So for every cow you had, it was €1,115. And then we took it in stages as we moved forward and we looked at 2017 and the cost had increased to 1180 or about an average of 1.9% increase per year per cow. And most of that had come from the lift in feed and, and small increases in fixed costs as well, which as you'd expect as farmers started to ramp up in production. We then moved forward to 2020 and the total cost had increased to €1,311. And that was an increase of 3.4% from 2017 per year. And again, if we look across that, again, the feed was leading the charge and the increase in cost. And over that time frame, an extra 200 kilos of meal has been fed per cow from a cow in 2015 to up to 2020. Fertilizer actually reduced and all other costs have increased, as you'd expect with inflation. So in that time frame over the five years, the cost for keeping a cow was increased by 200 euro a cow. And how has milk price mirrored that? Have you seen a similar inflation in milk price or has that stayed stable? No, milk price has been good in, in general. And I suppose one way of looking at it is like farmers are generally doing quite well. Um, there has, it's not all negative. There's been a 40 kilo milk solid uh, per cow improvement. So depending on the milk price you use, you could argue that the increase in um, output has offset the increase in cost. And then the farmer has to get the full gain of the extra milk price, if you know what I'm trying to say. Um, so milk price has been good and the output has improved. Uh, the stock rate on average has stayed the same. The herds have increased. Um, so farmers have more cows, but have also got more land. Um, but when you track the the improvement of a kilogram milk solid, um, there's an extra grass utilised as well. So there's some positive trends there as well, but the costs have increased. And if if we uh, picture the coming year, we're here sitting down having this conversation in the month of January. And over the last couple of months, there is a clear indication that there are rising um, input costs. If And I suppose our two big variable costs concentrate on fertilizer. How does the concentrate, pr- the projected concentrate cost for this year compare with what we saw last year? Yeah, so we look forward um, to see w- how it would look. And what we did was we took the 2020 figures and used the exact same level of input, so the same amount of meal, same amount of fertilizer. We increased the cost of the meal to 350 euro, so it equates to about 350 a cow. We used the same fertilizer inputs, um, but doubled the cost from 2020. And we also added 1% inflation across all the other costs. And if you do that, again, with the same level of input on the farms, the cost of keeping a cow would be projected to increase to €1,516 per cow for 2022. And that's a lift of €200 a cow in one year, where it took five years through that uh, previously. What impact will that have on the bottom line, Pat? So per 100 cows, if there's no change, 
Um, so there's a number of sites, obviously from a cost point of view, uh, per 100 cows it'll cost another 20,000 uh, of cash to keep the cows in the farm if there's no change. And it'll depend whether the milk prices will be up or down then whether that can offset that. But we know the costs are going to increase, so farmers will have to act now to, uh, to try to minimise the impact of that cost increase. And there are some level elements of control in terms of milk price, your fat percentage, protein percentage and, and the quality of the milk. But I suppose in terms of the base milk price, absolutely out of our control. So let's talk about some of those steps that farmers can take to combat those higher costs that they have on farm. So I think when we look at all these things and there's no silver bullets with cash flow, it's, it's the basics at all times. Um with everything, you have to make sure you're buying it at a good price. But even if you were to, say, get a 10% reduction in all the input cost price, so you got 10% off the meal, the fertilizer, the insurance, the energy, and work through it, it'd save you about €15 euro a cow. Whereas if you took got a 10% reduction in the amount of meal you use through better grazing management, grass budgeting, it would actually save you €35 euro a cow. So one, one level is the input price, but the other element is the amount we're using of it. And when we do look at that, about 40% of the total costs of keeping a cow in 2022 will be in feed and fertilizer. So if we're going to make gains, we're going to have to make it there. So as I said already, from the feed point of view, the meal has increased by 200 kilos. So we have fed less before. Um, so it's about max getting back to basics there, doing our grass budgeting, making sure we're putting in the right quality grass into our cows at all time. And if we were to drop that 10%, it's equivalent to a 0.4 or a half a kilo per cow per day. So we're not talking about a massive reduction in here. We're just talking about fine-tuning of the sides. And the more you can do, obviously, for every 10%, there'd be another €35 euro cow for saved. Looking then at, I suppose, the, the conversation around the number of cows you have on the farm and, you know, th- there is a consideration that we can have less cows and produce maybe the same. I suppose, where does that fit into the cost structures? Yeah, so one big area uh, you have to look at as underperforming cows, I would call it MLEs. So again, coming out of quota, rapid expansion, there was a lot of cows kept to build our numbers. Um, and it was probably an easier thing to do because it was cheaper to keep a cow on a farm. And the thing has moved on. So if you look at now, for every cow is going to cost you 1500 or projected to be cost 1500 So underperforming cows may be a cost to the system. Or if you are keeping cows and driving the system so you can't grow the grass and you're driving with extra feed or extra fertilizer, a low-performing cow will struggle to pay her own way. And the way we would do that is what I call a break-even analysis. So we take the cost per cow, which you'll get off your profit monitor, and we divide that by a given milk price. I'd normally divide by 4 or €4.50, depending on what milk price you want to do. And that'll give you the kilos of milk solid your herd has to deliver to cover all costs, all operating costs. Any cow that is below that um, is a cost to the system. So particularly as we move into a high cost year, underperforming cows will be a charge to the system rather than making a profit. And they need to be looked at and in some cases removed. Have you a number, Pat, for you talk about you're looking at your cost per cow from the profit monitor and divide it by the milk price and that gives you the kilos of milk solids that a cow must deliver for your particular farm. And that's the herd average. But what is the general number that you would see for a farm when you do that exercise? So if you take the average there, it's a 1,500. And if you divide, and say, just for example, say for handiness, if say some farmer was at 1,600 euro cost, maybe it was a little bit heavier on the meal. And if you used four euro kilo milk solids, it would take 400 kilos of milk solids to break even. 
and that's just on the operational cost. So any hurt now we would make it a deduction obviously for heifers and second calvers, but if you had mature cows providing less or supplying less than four hundred kilos a minute, so that's in their third fourth lactation, they haven't done it. They probably won't do it, and now's the time to move them on. And the, the other area you could look at is there's a your milk recording. There's a lifetime milk recording production report where it actually gives you a value on the margin per cow per day, and it symbolizes the cows by churns. So the green churn is your top-performing cows, the grey cows. The grey churn is your average cows, and the red ones are your lower-performing cows. And that's done per lactation, so it's very easy to identify these cows. Um, and as I said, things were easier in the past. Uh, it didn't take as much milk to cover them. It's taken a lot more now, so underperforming cows can be a cost of the system. And, and and you mentioned, Pat, you know, there was there were certain cows in herds that were kept, um, you know, through expansion. And another report I find quite useful on the on the ICBF herd plus is the, um, you know, the cell check reports following milk recording. And funny, sometimes when there is a cow and you see she has an elevated cell count, she also had an elevated cell count last lactation and maybe the year before. And I suppose there's question marks over those cows because they are potentially causing problems for other cows within the system. Yeah, so look, trouble cows, uh, whether it be lameness or cell count, tend not to perform anyway. And if they're chronic ones or consistent, persistently one, they have to go. And then we'd move, if you ha- move on to the next level, it's the question, uh, it comes back to basics, as we said at the start. If you can't grow the grass and you're driving the system with feed and fertilizer, with underperforming cows, you, you're, re- you're not going anywhere fast, really. And looking to the grass in in terms of basics, you know, grass uh, as a feed, we would have talked before, maybe a kilo of grass cost seven cent to produce. And we compared that with concentrated 280 a ton was 28 cent. Um, Given the elevated um, costs of uh, urea and other fertilizer products, what is the realistic figure that you could put on a kilo of grass grown at the moment? So, yeah, the base we have been using for the last number of years is eight. Um, I suppose uh, uh, only part of that eight is the fertilizer. So if the fertilizer increases, it'll probably go to 10 or 11. But bear in mind that the feed is also increasing rapidly as well. So if you're replacing your fertilizer for feed, it's actually a more expensive way to put grass in the farm. I think the key thing, Emma Louise, with the, the fertilizer, again, it's a significant cost. And there's a big unit, you know, a thousand euro ton for urea or whatever it is at the time. It's how efficiently we use it. So we have to, everything we put out, we have to make sure we're getting the maximum use of it. Obviously through trail and shoe, tree trees, keeping our costs down and putting it out at the right time at the right rate. And there's huge scope in that to make simple changes that in any year, uh, I suppose we look at when the price is high, we tend to focus on it. But that, that saving is there every year. And and it's interesting you talk about getting the, the best value from your your slurry in terms of the NP and K and, and other um, elements that that is going to contribute to grass growth. And we are seeing a shift in farms that would have traditionally used higher levels of nitrogen and chemical nitrogen in order to grow grass. They are trying to reduce that number and, and pushing things like white clover. But, you know, where white clover is an established on the farm, you know, I suppose it's it's a it's you know putting that into practice in terms of trying to establish it and as you say really using the resources that you have in the yard in the slurry tank and also you know being very selective as to when you're putting out your your bagged fertilizer Uh, taking it a step further we we have grass um in the cow's diet but we're also looking then to silage in the yard and 
um, you know, it's getting more expensive to make that. So maybe s- some advice from you on how we manage the fodder reserve that we have in the yard. Yeah, so simply put, the silage that's in your yard this year was uh, currently was made with um, low fertilizer prices. The silage you will make next year is going to be made with deer fertilizer. So it's obviously going to be deer um, in the pit. So if you want to take it, the silage you have now is like money in the bank um, and it's increasing in value as time goes by. So if you're feeding that again to the unperforming cows, as we discussed, or maybe you have uh, beef animals that are not going to be the highest margin, or maybe you're keeping older heifers that are not gone in calf. So any underperforming or non-valuable animals on the farm that are eating this uh, silage that could be saved and kept for next year, um, it's worth be worth more to you next year. Another big area um, is in pit face management. Like so, what we'd see is in some farms where there's poor pit face management, you could have ten to twenty percent of losses from heating, um, and that's again when things are cheap. You would tend people tend not to be too worried, but as things go on, silage is going to be dearer, and wasting silage after making it is an awful uh, negative from a cash flow point of view. So we have to look at the animals we're keeping, and we also have to look at how we manage our silage to make sure it's again top quality as we move into next year, but also saving the silage we have because uh, anyone anyone would tell you or far, people are farming for a good while, silage in the pit is like money in the bank. Finally, then, if if we um, reflect on on some of the figures that you've given us at the start of the conversation, one that really jumps out to me is that, you know, across a 100 cow herd, there's potentially going to be 20,000 of an additional cost to keep those cows and to have run your dairy system for the year this year in 2022. How can farmers manage their money best in order to, I suppose, make profit, but also to meet, um, you know, bill commitments, be it paying staff, um, you know, or paying your vet merchants. What is your recommendation there, Pat? Sure, as always, it's very important to budget. Um, I suppose in a normal year, um, looking at the previous profit monitors and things, it would take about €350 of per cow of working capital. So if we look at a, fa- a dairy, a spring calving dairy business, a lot of the costs are incurred up to April and May, and then the milk checks follow come get bigger as the summer goes on. So there's a huge draw on cash in the initial four months. And the problem as we move into 2022 is the input costs that we use a lot of in the spring is a lot dearer. And we'll still have that lag in the milk check that the milk check will be a month behind and we're waiting for the big checks to come through the summer. So it can be a very big impact on your working capital in the first quarter. And we need to be able to budget for that and know what's going to happen and how we're going to pay for it off. Because once you get behind, it can be very hard to get on top of it again. Particularly now in fertilizer, as a main example, when a load of fertilizer comes in, it's going to have a significant impact on your balance. So we just have to make sure we budget that ahead. We have to budget our grass and we have to budget our fodder reserves. I think, Patrick, this year, out of, you know, the last five years, you've reflected on the inflation and I suppose it has significantly ramped up in the last year or two and when we start seeing these really high costs like what we're experiencing with fertilizer concentrate it really focuses the mind and as you say it's actually important every year but it is really important that we maintain a handle on it this year in order to make sure that we don't I suppose start getting into a hole and find that we're actually going into the red in terms of financials thank you for your tips Pat no matter thank you that's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast and my thanks to Pat Going for joining me on this week's show Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. 
and for more information go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.